You are listening to episode number 37 of the Fit Successful Dad podcast. So a little while ago, I aired an episode on my top five kind of recommended ways of generating a second income or even a primary income online. And they were kind of in order from one to five based on, I guess, how I how I deemed it at the time and how I deem it even looking back now is kind of simplicity uh, along with opportunity, along with practicality and you know, there's, there's a whole lot of variables in the mix. It's not just like, you know, this one's easier than this one. There's a whole lot of things there. But number one on that list was merch by Amazon. It's Amazon's program where they will print t-shirts on demand based on your designs. It costs absolutely nothing to get started. And it costs uh, absolutely nothing in terms of inventory for you to purchase the products and get them in, uh, in stock. It's 100% free to get started, but it is an invite-only service. So you have to go in and put your name in the hat basically and wait several months typically to get uh, to get selected. And once you're selected, you can begin uploading designs. And in the beginning, it's very slow. But once you get the ball rolling, it can actually turn into a pretty lucrative and pretty awesome opportunity where you can be making thousands of dollars a month by doing, I won't say no work, it's not passive, but very little work, especially if you begin outsourcing your designs. And there's kind of a whole science to getting this thing into uh, into a well-oiled machine. But one person who's absolutely been able to do that is named, uh, his name is Glenn Zubia. And that's who we're going to have on the show today. And I ran into him a long time ago. Um, I heard his name through another podcaster that was in a entirely different niche. And I, I started talking to Glenn and I actually utilized his services once. He's a graphic designer, but he also sells on merch and he's a really cool guy and he is very talented in the graphic design realm and he's also uh, has been extremely successful with merch. So he's going to go on to talk about how he makes about $6,000, between five dollars and $6,000 and that's cash net deposit in his account, in his bank account every single month just selling t-shirts that he designs himself for, he spends a couple hours a week on average. Um, you know, he only works about four days on merch. He gets into all this. It's pretty cool, but he spends about four days, very, very part-time on merch, uploads designs, does some research, finds some cool niches that he's been able to exploit. And he generates about six, between five and $6,000 um, on average. So, uh, I'm just going to end the intro right now and move on over to the interview. So enjoy the interview with Glenn Zubia. All right. Hey, Glenn, thank you so much for joining me today. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, this is Thanks Glenn for having Z me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely <laughs> welcome. Um, so this is Glenn Zubia and he is someone that I consider a subject matter expert in the Merch by Amazon program. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much again. And uh, let's just dive right in. Um, I normally ask people about you know, what they're excited about. And I guess I can ask you that too. I think I know what the answer is going to be. But uh, <laughs> you know, what, what has you excited right now as it pertains to Amazon Merch and that whole passive income stream there? Uh, right now, I'm just so excited about the opportunity about just 
growing, you know, like growing, growing this insane amount of money, opportunity, helping people online uh, with this platform that just came out, you know, less than two years. And it's just creating, I mean, it's getting bigger and bigger um, over time. But I think a lot of people now that they're starting to listen to it a little bit more and more, they're like, man, this is a crazy opportunity. Oh, yeah, big time. I mean, when I when I first heard about merch, this was about a year ago, maybe eight months ago, and I, I immediately put my hat in the ring. And then when I mm-hmm. got accepted, I didn't do anything with it. <laughs> so for the first yeah. few months, I literally did nothing with it. And I had not heard a single person talk about it except for the one person who I know personally, like I know mm-hmm. this person in real life, um, who is the one person that told me about it. I didn't hear a single person talk about it in the online space. I never came across anybody else who was selling on uh, Amazon using the merch program. So when I when I came across your name in another podcast, it was pretty cool. And um, mm-hmm. I got to hear you kind of break down some of that stuff. So yeah, it's a huge opportunity. And even now still, when I bring up Amazon merch to people either at events or in conversations. And this is with people who are also Amazon sellers. They seem to not have a clue what it is, which I think is interesting. <laughs> I, it, it's it's funny. And even uh, we had uh, an interview with Chris Green, which you probably have heard of. He does a lot of, of course, he was like the one I learned merch by Amazon from. He was saying that Amazon called him recently about uh, just uh, advertising and stuff with, with merch and um or advertising with amazon and even some of the amazon workers and stuff were still kind of like getting new to merch because it's still so new that they were just kind of like oh yeah merch uh because most of the training and stuff has to do with you know fba and and these things that people have already been selling on for years and merch is like only a year and a half old (laughs) oh it's still yeah it's still totally in its infantile state and Mm -hmm. the other thing too is that I don't think people realize is that it literally costs zero dollars to get started, right? I know. <laughs> yeah. so, Which some people do are like, oh, that's a little too good to be true for uh, zero dollars a month. <laughs> well, I hope you're. I hope you're going to be able to break that illusion for a lot of people. So okay. <laughs> uh, now I I know that you're very successful. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about your like the big numbers first, right? What do you typically pull in? What's your average monthly royalty payout right now? Let's say over the past, I don't know, six months uh, from Merch by Amazon. Uh, roughly average about like five to six thousand dollars a profit per month uh, from Merch. Okay, so that's five to six for everyone's listening. That's five to six thousand dollars of royalty payouts. So what that means is, uh, you know, Glenn has sold shirts for. We'll talk about pricing a little bit, but let's just say like seventeen to twenty dollars or something per shirt. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He gets a cut of every single one, and that cut is going straight to him, and he is accruing about five to six thousand dollars of just royalty payouts, just straight deposits into his bank account per month, <laughs> without having to source products and deal with inventory and deal with like shipping and labels and all that stuff. It's purely digital, one hundred percent. Uh, per month, five to six thousand dollars. So think think about what you might be able to do with five or six thousand dollars extra per month without having all those other moving parts. So we're gonna we're gonna jump right into that. But um, you know, how did you how did you get started on this? And you can start, I guess, with that the, that that guy who told you about it. Um, but from there, you know, moving forward, tell us the whole story: how you built your your store and how your sales um, path and growth, um, how, what that curve kind of looks like. Um, when, well, when I first heard about it, I was, I mean, I was like, what is this? That didn't like, it didn't really click totally. So I signed up and then I was still, you know, 
selling on FBA fulfillment, sending in orders, things like, you know, sending in products. And it was during like that Q4 time. So I was still, you know, hyped up about Q4 and sending in products. So I didn't really start on anything with merch until like the end of the year when I was done sending in products during that time. And I started off at like 25 slots available or 25 tier that you can upload designs. And, um, at the time, there wasn't like a whole lot of people selling on merch, but I started to just kind of see and research a little bit like on Etsy, Amazon, Pinterest. What are some, you know, T-shirts, designs, things that people are into? What do people like? And um, I, I kind of I kind of approached it a little bit differently as far as the ones I actually created. I was kind of creating things that I liked, which was kind of slowly moving but until i made that transition to start designing for other people like well, what are other people into i'm not selling to myself i need to start thinking about what other people like and start focusing on designs for people and so i started to do that and uh, slowly just started to tear up to you know like a hundred now i could do a hundred different designs and then moved up from there to 200 and then 500 and then it just kept building up and i just kept uploading more designs and and the crazy thing about it also with with amazon is just i'm not doing any ads um across any websites or any social media ads right now it's just because amazon is so huge it's just strictly organic traffic wow okay um <laughs> so, yeah, I have a lot of questions for you. Uh, certainly. <laughs> that's that's awesome, and especially the part where you're not doing any advertising. So, you know, there is an advertising function built into Merch by Amazon. I don't know a lot of people. Actually, I don't know anybody personally that uses it. But the fact that you're pulling about five to six thousand a month without using that is pretty awesome. That's pretty cool to hear and very yeah. inspiring. I think a lot of people are going to love to hear that. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about your. I guess, niche finding or idea finding. Are you a Pinterest expert? I'm not an expert, but Pinterest is really, really fun. Like I started to just kind of browse a little bit and I was like, man, there's so much stuff to, the, to this site that maybe I didn't really know about. Yeah, I, actually, I encountered <laughs> the same thing. It's That's a social media platform that I literally knew nothing about. Um, yeah. I thought I did. Um, so how do you browse? Would you say that, that's, that that was kind of like uh, a piece of the... Uh, the bread and butter in the beginning of for finding ideas? Uh, probably, yeah. Pinterest was a, a big part of that because I started to just like think about, I wrote down a bunch of just different niches that I think people could relate to more and more. Careers, family, um, certain holidays and things that were coming up throughout the year, um, things I could be kind of prepared for in that case. So I started writing a lot of these down and then I would search uh, on Pinterest to see other um I don't know, signs, uh, you know, people would have like phone cases or bags, t-shirts, things that have different funny or creative slogans, taglines and things like that. So, um, you have to do, of course, a lot of like trademark searches. You don't want to go through anybody's, uh, trademark or copyright, any of that stuff. You want to make sure that these are, you know, clever, cool ideas and you're not crossing that line. But, uh, after that, I would research a lot of these things too, make sure those are in the clear. And I, I just think to myself, how can I make certain ideas even funnier? Or maybe if that's a funny tagline, something even funnier, maybe the design, how do I, how can I make that even better? Um, you know, when I'm thinking about my, uh, you know, my design. So 
Pinch has had a huge thing to do with that. And same thing, kind of like Etsy, very similar. Seeing what kind of products are out there. Um, and then it just started getting into everywhere I went now. I was just thinking about like t-shirt designs and coming up with ideas. I was like, you know, I would go to like Ross or Marshall's. They have mugs, has different sayings or signs that have different sayings. Uh, Hobby Lobby has like a bunch of just different signs and stuff. I'm like, man, this is like overload. Look how many things and ideas you can get from everywhere. I was like, man, I really need to get to work. <laughs> All right, so let's. I, I really want to go down that rabbit hole a little bit, but let's let's back up. So when you okay. <laughs> you launched this, uh, you said it was the end of the year, and you had mm-hmm. twenty five slots, like most mm-hmm. people. So if you're new to merch uh, by Amazon, you probably got started with, uh, or you're about to be, you know, become a, a merch seller. You're going to probably start with a tier that caps at tw- uh, twenty five shirts. Although I also know of people who um, have been, uh, their, their tier one is actually capped at 10. Mm-hmm, so at 10. It, yeah. I heard that mm-hmm. too. Um, so anyway, you started with 25. How many, how many shirt, what, what's your current tier at? Uh, my current tier is 8,000 8, and that's 000. gonna, yeah, <laughs> that's gonna take some time. <laughs> <laughs> so how many do you actually have populated? Um, right now I have, uh, just about 1900. Um, it's gone up and down. They do have like, it used to be a 60-day rule. Now it's a 90-day rule that if your shirt doesn't sell, uh, you know, within 60 days, they would take it down. Now it's 90 days. So I've, I've kind of gone up and down. At one point, I was close to like 3,000 designs. So throughout the time, um, quite a bit of shirts had not sold. So they're taking those down. So right now I'm at uh, 1,900. Okay, so 1,900. Um, yeah, at one point you had 3,000. So at this point, you've had uh, at least a minimum 1100 shirts removed for not selling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that right there, I think is going to be an eye opener for, for a lot of listeners <laughs> is that you can't expect to put up a shirt and have it just go viral. Um, I think Glenn, would you agree that merch is a little bit of a numbers game? Yeah, I think, I mean, having a large tier does help me, but I think also just having like high quality designs that, catch people's attention definitely helps out too because uh, even starting off at the 10 tier 25 tier you kind of work your way up and it is a lot of trial and error um, but once something starts working for you you can build off of that and that's kind of what happened with me too you know I didn't make a bunch of money starting off um, uh, I didn't make probably near a thousand dollars I think not until at least four or five months into it so I mean, I signed up in September. Even then, I didn't do anything. So six months later, I finally made you know, like over $1,000. And I started working it more and more from there. So, I mean, it takes time. Um, but I think even at your smaller tiers, as long as you have a really great design, gets people's attention, it'll, it'll just start snowballing, getting some reviews in. Um, your rank goes up, bestseller rank. So, it, I don't know. And I think a lot of things can happen even with the smaller ones, too. Okay. When you say a thousand dollars, you mean in, in one single payout? Yeah, for one month. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. So it took you six months to reach that point. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. And that was. Did you still have twenty five shirts at that time? I'm assuming. Um. I, no. I think at that time I did have. I probably at least a hundred or more. I, I have to double check on the numbers, but um, I think February. Yeah, February twenty sixteen was about nine hundred eighty seven dollars. So. Um, during that time, uh, I know I still had a lot of like growing up and research and things to do, but March really helped me because 
uh, St. Patrick's Day was coming up. So I had a lot of shirts ready for that. And I think that's also like a huge thing is just we know certain holidays, certain days are popular throughout the year and being ready for it and having designs based off of that um, can start to snowball too. Okay. Yeah. Let's definitely dive into that a little bit. Is that part of your main strategy that you're cyclical with your designs based on what type of year, what time of the year it is? Um, it does. I, I do have that, you know, play a big part of it. And I have, you know, certain dates, holiday stuff already marked down when I should start preparing. I try to get in at least like three weeks before or so to make sure it kind of just settles on Amazon for a little bit instead of just rushing right into it and not giving a lot, you know, people enough time to order it. Um, it does play a good big part of it. But also I just like to just go across you know, random niches and, and I just like to break them down um, even more and more once you just get down to these little sub niches that maybe um, they have like a nice good following and a lot of people might just ignore those because they're not so huge. So. No, oh, yeah, sure. Uh, that's like, so as far as like specific niches go, um, I know like for me actually, and, and, and a few people I know, I got this strategy from a couple other people is that when I first started, I, I cast at a pretty wide net and I didn't really mm -hmm. know, you know what to sell and I didn't really know how to research it at the time. And I put out a bunch of designs and some of them sold, some of them didn't. And the ones that sold, I continued to add designs to that niche mm -hmm. and see that, see that niche kind of grow. Is that, is that kind of how you went about it? Yeah, exactly. And, and I'm still even doing that to this day. I mean, I have a lot of slots to fill up, but I think that there's just so much out there that, I mean, the ideas are, are endless. And, and breaking down the niches, you know, I'd be like, okay, well, we're talking about animals. Um, so what kind of animals are there? Chickens, cows, cats, dogs. Okay, let's to break down <laughs> dogs now. Yeah. Okay, uh, huskies, pugs, beagles, rottweiler, bulldogs. Um, and then it just keeps going, like, you know, more sub-niches. And there's a following for everything out there. <laughs> yeah, no, there, there really is. Do you, uh, do you use any tools or anything to research niches? Um, MerchResearch.com was one that I was really using a lot. I think now they recently just kind of submerged with Merch Informer, but the resources are still there. It's it's free. Anybody can use it. And um, they do have them broken down. You can uh, see all the social media sites at once. Um, then you can go through another tab that shows you current print-on-demand um, websites if you want to research through there. They have another tab of like other clothing um, brands and stuff, websites you can go through. So I think that site is a really good site um, for people to start researching and getting some ideas. Okay, yeah, I have perused uh, Merchant Former. Mm -hmm. And do you use that regularly? Do you use either of those regularly or do you just kind of use them on a like an infrequent basis? Um, I would probably say, well, Merchant Former, I, don't, I haven't really used yet. And then Merch Research, I've... A lot of those sites and stuff I was kind of doing before then, but it does it is very helpful for me now to just have it in like on one spot. Um, but like right now, I'm just kind of doing my like Etsy run, Pinterest run, where I just spend a bunch of time just going through different ideas and um, and products and stuff, seeing what I what I could do. Okay, cool. All right, so I, I want to I just want to recap that real quick. So the, the whole like niche research thing is something that people ask me about. And oh, okay. it seems to be like the number one thing. Like, I mean, yeah, everyone can follow the tactic of 
like the very actionable thing of setting up an account and, yeah. you know, designing something and uploading it and writing some keywords or whatever, but like actually researching a niche. So you, um, you will research based on like literally surfing, um, like Pinterest or Etsy or even just the internet t-shirt sites, mm-hmm. uh, popular trendy t-shirt sites or whatever. And then also combine that with upcoming events or holidays or, you know, major, um, I don't know, like major things coming up that, that might, uh, be able to be exploited in this way mm-hmm. so that you can mm-hmm. make a bunch of designs around that thing and upload them. And that will change constantly throughout the year. So you kind of combine those two sort of strategies together to make one, you know, one total strategy for your, your monthly uh, royalties. Does that sound about right? Mm-hmm. So, exactly. Pretty okay, much. Cool. Great. Um, do you find that any particular, well, like colors, sizes, or shirt types, like whether it's the, um, I think it's Anvil and what's the other one, Bella, Bella and Canvas. Bella Canvas, uh huh. Yeah. Do you, do you find that like any any combination of any of those uh, sell more than others? Um, I've noticed that I guess like the darker colored T-shirts have always done pretty well. You know, like a navy blue, black, um, like a darker gray. Those colors seem to seem to do well compared to the lighter ones, yellow and. Um, you know, light blue and stuff, I guess, cause it's just more popular. People are rather wear something that is a little bit darker and has a, like a lighter colored graphic on it. So I usually just stick to something kind of like that. And, um, and I've always used like the Anvil t-shirts. I haven't, I've tried a little bit um, when, it, when they had American apparel, I did some of those to kind of test it out and see, but Anvil ones had always seemed to be doing way better for me. That's <laughs> yeah, funny. I, I think I've, <laughs> I've only, only, only ever sold Anvil, and so I've, I've never even tested the Bella in Canvas. But as far as the colors go, and the sizes, I think I've sold nothing but men's shirts, <laughs> and I've sold. I think the only light color I've ever sold, and this is hundreds of shirts, has been white. Other than that, it's just black, gray, brown. You know, just exactly what you said: dark mm-hmm, navy, mm-hmm. navy. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I've tried. Like some of the more girly designs, you know, I'd have available in, um, you know, like pink and yellow and sky blue and stuff. And nope, never sells. Like the female <laughs> cut never sells. It's always just the men's dark navy, no matter what the design is. It's the funniest thing. <laughs> um, so speaking of those, you know, the different colors, there's the, I think just about a month ago, they released six new colors. Mm-hmm, I think it was mm-hmm. pink and uh, violet. Orange. And yeah, orange. Mm-hmm. Have any of those exploded for you at all? Um, I've tested a couple of them with like pink to see, and I haven't really seen a huge, I guess, sales explosion from those yet, but uh, I'm going to keep testing those out. And I was pretty pumped to see new colors on there because, uh, I think, uh, I don't know, just pink, I thought would be kind of like one of the first ones they would have just being popular. But now that they have it on there, I'm, I'm, I'm testing a lot of pink shirts. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, so all right. A lot of people listening to this, um, and I know just because they asked me as well, you know, they, they work nine to five jobs and they would love to have some sort of separate passive income, you know, relatively quote unquote passive income stream. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, what would you recommend for someone that's just starting out in this space? Like, let's just say they got accepted today and they have no idea what to do. What would you recommend for them? I'd probably say the first thing they would have to do is they have to decide you know, how they want to approach merch. And that's going to be either hiring a freelance designer or getting someone to do the, the, the designs for them, or they can learn 
Adobe Illustrator or Photoshop or any of those things to see if they want to do it themselves um, before they spend any money or try to get a designer to help them out. So uh, I think that's probably going to be the first step even before you research designs or niches because you have to figure out how you're going to get this artwork uploaded. <laughs> okay, so let's take that just a step further. Um, see see okay. how far we can go with this. If someone is starting out and they don't know how to use Illustrator or they don't know how to use GIMP or Photoshop and they mm -hmm. absolutely want to hire out and they they don't, let's just say they don't know exactly what their niche is going to be. Uh, what would you say they need to to have you know, fully understood by the time they establish a communication with uh, a designer? Probably just to understand, you know, what their budget is to, since you are going to be outsourcing. Now you can contact people through Fiverr. There's also different uh, websites and stuff people are offering designs. You can also go to even your local college, community college, university. Um, you can probably get a student, also helps them with their portfolio. I'm all for helping uh, graphic design students. So anything you can do with that, pay them some money while they're in school, I think definitely helps you and them um, try to get a hold of them and see, um, you know, what your budget is, how much you want to pay per design, um, build a good, great communication with that person. It could lead, you know, to more work for both of you down the road and, and money that way. So I think finding that right designer for you and, and looking, of course, on the specs and stuff and how you would upload what you need, the transparent PNG file, um, basic things like that, communication with your designer. Um, and then you, as soon as you have that down, then I think it's time to come out with, with your ideas, ready to go, and then and see how you're going to approach that with your uh, your designer. Yep. Okay. That's yeah. sounds great. And as far as uh, like requirements, uh, I would say you know, my feelings on it is that when you're working with a designer, you'd want to impose the most specific requirements possible. It's, it's, it's tough because you know, a lot of people they leave so much room for interpretation when they're working with a designer or when they're working with, um, you know, like an illustrator expert or something. Mm -hmm. Um, like, would you say, cause you do, you do designs. Uh, for those mm -hmm. who don't know, I hired Glenn to do my first <laughs> batch of 25 designs. And, um, we'll talk about that more in a minute, but, um, as a, like from a customer standpoint, you know, what, 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 what do you want from me? What do you want from a customer in order to give them exactly what you think they want? I think first off, I mean, you want to make sure you have 100% original designs. If the designer is going to do something for you, you don't want to have some type of, you know, pixel by pixel copycat, which that's a thing too, is building that trust, that communication with the designer that know that you can't just steal Google images and trace over it or think that's fine or even just use that image. Um, and so you have to kind of, you know, make sure that is clear original design um, but I tell people too is just to make sure that your design is clean it's bold you can read it if you're trying to get like a point across on a funny slogan or tagline or something you don't want people to have to uh, wonder what that means or even squint to read the font or something you know things have to be very clear big um, concise bold I think people really are attracted uh, to those designs and brings eyes to it. So I'd probably say just something that 
um, I think you, you'd probably learn more and more also uh, once you start uploading. And a lot of trial and error also in the beginning. I tell people uh, the first 10 tier and even 25 is you're going to have to find out what works for you. Niche-wise, design-wise, colors, pricing, keywords. Um, there's a lot of different things uh, that variables that come into place in the very beginning but once you get it going and you and you know what you're doing and you can build it up from there then things just they can really just skyrocket for you uh in very little time once you really know what you want to do it actually brings up a really good point too about uh <laughs> making things pop yeah it's um it's it's tough when you make a design that you think looks really awesome and then you upload it to a shirt and you can barely see it just because you know you used a lot of black and you're trying to put it on a black shirt or something. Yeah, um, the colors colors get lost in there and 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 that's the thing too that I tell people is like you might think this design is awesome, but the market will tell you if it's awesome or not. If people start buying it or not or they start looking at it, you have uh people leave reviews or they buy it or something, but it's same thing happening with me. There's even designs where I'm like, "You know what? I think this this design's really really going to do good." And then I upload it and then it's like no sales and then ends up getting taken down, you know, from the 90 day thing. And I'm like, man, I really thought the design was going to be good. And then the design that maybe I didn't work that hard on that I was like, oh, this is this is decent. Let's, you know, let's see what happens. Test it out. And the next thing you know, it sells and the other one never did. So, you, you I mean, you never know. Oh, that is such a relatable story. I mean, I, <laughs> when I, yeah, I started learning Illustrator and I, I, I spent, um, I spent like two hours once on a design and mm-hmm. and I was like, this is the one, this is the one, this is going to be, this is going to like pay off my mortgage right here. This one this <laughs> is the shirt. And I put it up and uh, I got one sale. And then this was back in the 60 day, you know, timeout mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. So like I had one sale the first week and then, you know, 66 days later or something, it came right back down. So <laughs> you know, I feel your pain. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It uh, happens. <laughs> so I would, yeah, I would definitely make that recommendation for anyone who's listening to just be aware of the the color of the shirt that this is going to be going on and the fact that just because the design's cool doesn't mean it'll actually translate well to a shirt and also be aware of i learned this the hard way be aware of the placement of the design relative to like say i don't know the sleeves and like the armpit area Mm -hmm. there is definitely an awkward like a really awkward part of the shirt where it's like directly in the middle if you have nothing (laughs) yeah nothing anywhere else i'm sure you've learned through this too like if you have something just in the middle of the shirt, you know, like above the belly button, you know, but not quite <laughs> up above this, like the sleeve line, it's just like really strange. <laughs> and uh, yeah, <laughs> it, it may not look strange in the picture, but it's just, it's one of those things that most people probably never think about. Yeah, know? exactly. <laughs> um, so let's talk about, uh, there's a, there's a bunch of stuff I want to get to. Um, but let's talk about generating traffic. Do you, do you use any methods for generating traffic like social media? I know you talk about Pinterest and, and uh, Etsy for ideas, but how about generating traffic back to your shirts? Do you use ads or anything? Um, I just started about two weeks ago trying oh, wow. um, ads on Amazon, but for the last, you know, since September of 2015 when I signed up, I haven't done any marketing uh, since right now that I'm testing out this these ads with Amazon, but. Um, and I, that kind of like concerned me too in the beginning because I was like, I don't really want to rely on organic, organic traffic, but Amazon is just so huge that, I mean, there's things selling every couple of seconds, right? I mean, you don't even know how many orders and stuff are coming in 
with Amazon. So I was kind of like, oh, man, like I should get some some marketing going, some social media, something or building, um, you know, a page and things like that. But I think right now, especially being uh, having those open designs, I'm just trying to crank out as many designs as possible and trying to build that up even more. So I haven't done any ads or marketing of any kind. So nothing on Pinterest or Instagram or Facebook? Nothing yet. Really? Wow. <laughs> okay. I know like Merchant Former, they spend a, they, they've dedicated a little bit of energy to promoting Pinterest as a primary source for generating traffic and generating sales. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's pretty intense. Like what they, what they consider like the blueprint for getting mm-hmm. traffic. Um, so that, that's pretty cool though to hear that you're not using any of that. Yeah. Haven't, haven't used it yet, but definitely on my radar that I do need to uh, look at it even more and, and get serious with that. It just with Amazon ads, I'm like two weeks testing in. So I don't really have a lot of, you know, info on it yet, but something that I do want to master as well. Yeah. Great. Cool. Um, okay. So can we talk about, I want to talk about branding a little bit. Do you use multiple brands? Yeah. So I'll try to, I'll try to do like multiple like niches will have their own brand technically so uh if it's about dogs i figured you know why not have the, just that certain brand name be about dogs and if it shows up on the very bottom they always you know amazon always has like other products you might like or other products purchased with this product um or other products by this brand so i figured you know if you're into dogs maybe you'll want to check out another one of my dog shirts that I'm also selling. So I like to just kind of separate them uh, by niches and sub niches. Oh, wow. Okay. So you, let's just say you have 50 dog shirts. Mm-hmm. Would you put them all under the same brand? Cause for those who are listening also, I, I, I apologize if uh, some of the stuff you already know and some of it you don't, um, as far as the brands go, if you're not selling on merch now, you can create a brand name that's unique for every single shirt if you wanted to, or you can create uh, a brand name and put all of your shirts under that one brand, or you can do it any, any combination you'd like. So, you know, if you have a thousand shirts, you could technically have a thousand brands. So, <laughs> so Glenn, let's just say, you know, back to my question, if you have 50 dog shirts, would you put them all under one brand that says like, you know, dog shirts are us or something? Yeah, I'll probably do that. If it's like a general or just general dog shirts, if they're a specific dog, like Chihuahuas, then I'll have them be a Chihuahua brand or a pug brand. Um, and then they could see the very similar ones there. Um, that's probably how I, how I usually do it. Just kind of separating, um, the niches and sub niches from there. Okay, cool. And I, I, to my knowledge, there's no way to track the traffic to brands or the traffic, I guess like the, the, the listing to listing traffic. I don't think there's any real traceability on merch. Do you, do you know of anything? Uh, not that I know of right now. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I, I'm, you're doing really well. So I'm assuming that there's, a, it's obviously working, you know, um, but that's, that's interesting. You know, I've heard every branding strategy kind of under the sun. Um, and the thing is no one really seems to know, no one has any data, I guess is the right way to put it, except for, sales. Yeah. you know, no one has any data, whether or not it's actually helping generate traffic or where the clicks are coming from. They just get sales or they don't. So, yeah, I think you would have to probably do like certain ads to know what traffic is coming from where to really see 
you know, where that's coming from. But other than that, I, you know, I have no clue on, on how they're searching or, or anything like that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, so what about, let's say, well, let's, let's talk about titles and titles and keywords and descriptions and stuff like that. Um, okay. you know, titles, let's, let's, when you, when you generate a title, do you keyword stuff it or how do you usually set up your titles? Um, when it comes to a title, I, I just like to do like similar words, uh, towards i guess whatever that subject is um i like to just use like the stories.com and just see like what are very similar words to what um, i'm using kind of very similar to i guess how you would uh, list something like on ebay um for those that have sold on ebay and you want to have kind of like if it's i guess i sell like a lot of jerseys so if i'm talking about like a jersey then i'm gonna say like um you know charlotte hornets nba um you know, Larry Johnson champion jersey or something. You know, like I want to, I want to put as many details and words based off of that possible. Um, and they have a limit, a character limit too. Um, so you can't just stuff whatever you want in there. But I want to make sure that the title does make complete sense. And anybody's searching uh, words that are somewhat near that main uh, subject of my shirt. Okay, because the keywords, well, the the title that mm-hmm. is a searchable like piece of the whole of the whole listing right that's yes. kind of a keyword uh-huh. friend right and then what about bullet points so there's two i think we can customize two bullet points right mm-hmm. two and, bullet points right there's two bullets or maybe even three that are fixed by amazon you can't touch them and then there's two that you can add whatever keywords you want mm-hmm. um so i guess this is a two part question one is how valuable do you think the keywords are in the bullet points and mm-hmm. two how would you normally like set up your bullet points the same the same goes with you know as the same way i word it for the title is like do you keyword stuff it or do you make it a kind of legible like intelligently thought out um bullet with just a bunch of information um so so amazon did crack down i guess and and finally added some terms that they did not want keyword stuffing uh some people still do it and i guess keyword stuffing uh for example if you had like a teacher shirt then it'd be like uh, math teacher science teacher english <laughs> teacher teaching school and then school teacher and you know it just keeps on with the same words over and over and over again um so they finally kind of cracked down on that they don't want that they did takes a lot of them i think down from people doing that so when I when I approach the bullet points, I try to keep them very short, maybe like two sentences, one or two sentences. I'll put on there, like you said, like something that does make sense with the shirt that does sound very intelligent that goes with it. You know, this shirt is great for uh, teachers uh, or like these, this shirt is great for math teachers uh, that, I don't know, teach certain, I guess you can say like uh addition subtraction or uh algebra or something you know you can kind of go off of like making a complete sentence rather than just stuffing a bunch of words on there that are all the same (laughs) words over and over again um you know but i think kind of going from that part also you can say like available in uh youth sizes boys and girls are available for men and women because not all um shirts i guess can be for everybody if you have a beer shirt you're probably not going to have beer alcohol related shirts for kids so i mean (laughs) you can say you know available for youth boys and girls or 
you know, things like that. So something that does kind of make sense in that case and intelligent one to two sentences per each bullet point. Okay. Yeah, it makes sense. So just make sure the the content that's inside those bullets is, I guess, relevant, right? And mm-hmm. not, not exactly. just a bunch of stuff that may or may not be related. Uh, yeah. Do you find that the the keywords are the primary search terms or that the title is the primary search term and, you know, um, well, I guess, do you, yeah, do you have any, any way or have you been able to determine which one is uh, the one that'll sh- make it show up first? Well, they also have like another area below that for the description and the description area is optional. And in the beginning, I did kind of fill that out a little bit. I guess talking about the shirt, but once you start uploading more and more of them, I was like, this is taking a lot of time. Oh yeah, it takes a ton of time. <laughs> and I was like, oh man. Um, and it is optional. And some people, at least that I've been seeing like on YouTube and, and others, they're like, I don't know. Some people had kind of tested it out. Does the description help or not? And I was like, if it's optional, I'm not going to do it. And I'm going to focus more on the bullet points and the title. So I've pretty much done that other than my first like five to 10 designs, all of the other ones do not have a description. I'm just doing the bullet points and the title. So, so you keep the description completely blank, completely blank. Wow. Okay. Wow. <laughs> and it's obviously having probably no impact or very little impact. <laughs> um, okay. So what about the, have you been able to determine if there's a priority between the title and the bullet points? I'm sorry. Yeah, the title um, points. I haven't been able to find that out. I've been kind of just doing, I guess, whatever has been working. Um, when I really started to get better numbers, and I, I, I would probably consider both of them very important. I would probably say the title is the most important thing. So that's kind of like the first thing that comes out at you. I mean, you're only going to read the bullet points after you click on the shirt and you see the full page or ASIN of that shirt. So I'd probably say the title is the most important, but I wouldn't skip out on the, uh, the bullet points altogether. Okay. Yeah. No, I would never recommend skipping the bullet points. It's, it's interesting. And you were an FBA seller for a while, <laughs> mm-hmm. or I don't know if you still are, but uh, a little bit. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yeah, so I, I, I have a couple things on there, a couple brands, but I've, um, I've heard people say that, yes, the title is the most important, and it will be the one that determines your shirt, your search term ranking. And then I've had people say, oh, no, 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 it's your bullet points. That will determine your search term ranking. And then the title is the second. And they have all kinds of data to prove that, you know, the split testing has shown this, 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 and this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the end of the day, I don't think anyone, except for the really people <laughs> who work the Amazon algorithm, would actually know, right? Yeah, so, and, yeah. The, and they, they go deep into that, too, you know, with search terms and and they're they're a lot i mean pure data i mean they know what what they're talking about but in my case i wish i knew half the information that they knew <laughs> working at amazon but uh i really don't know all of that but i kind of go off of i also just kind of think of like if i was a customer what would make sense to me and if i saw the title was just kind of i don't know very uh, small or iffy or kind of didn't really make sense. Maybe only a couple of words. I think that would kind of throw me off a little bit. I don't know. Like I've, I've also noticed people that have very low priced shirts or very little words in the title. Um, people kind of approach it as like, maybe that's like a counterfeit uh, design or maybe that's a stolen design or maybe that's something's not right there, especially if they see the same design, you know, two or three times, which is the original one or what's going on. 
reviews help you in that case um and people and customers can see that but um i don't know i think that also kind of plays a little role i guess if you were a customer what would really grab your attention if you saw one of these shirts that you were looking to buy oh definitely i i make sure my title is something i spend a lot of time on you know more time mm-hmm. i guess than than the bullet you know like yeah, I guess me I just, too. I make sure you know it's it's just super clear and yeah, and that's something that I look at when I'm looking at listings. So I, I do the same thing. And as far as the um, as the, like the the pricing, it's interesting that you bring that up too because I have also experienced. And for anyone who's listening, you know, really listen to this: having a shirt for eleven ninety nine, you know, just to just to try and get sales, that actually might be kind of counterproductive. You might actually mm-hmm. see a spike in sales if you increase that up to something like fifteen, sixteen, seventeen dollars. Just because it does it adds perceived value, I guess, right? It does it mm-hmm. makes it look mm-hmm. less like a counterfeit, just like Glenn said. And uh, I've definitely experienced it. Glenn's definitely experienced it. And pretty much everybody I know in this space has experienced that. You don't want to yeah. go too cheap. Even to try and get your tears up faster that actually doesn't really seem to help. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so how much, how much time would you say you spend, uh, hours wise, you know, per, I guess per day or per week, uh, working on, on your, uh, merch business? Um, so, uh, before <laughs> this is kind of fun, this is probably going to sound funny, but before I got married, I was working on, you know, like, Immediately after work, even when I get off at five or I'd go work out or do whatever, I get home and then I'd spend at least like four hours until four or five hours until I went to bed. Um, I would do Monday. I would come up with the ideas, research, writing all those down or um, try, uh, trying to figure out trademarks, what's uh, what I can do my designs on. And then uh, Tuesday, I would start working on the designs. Wednesday, I would take a day off. Thursday, I would finish up the designs and then save them uh, into the PNG format. And then Friday, I would just do pure uploading and getting all those designs in for the week. So roughly about four to five hours, I guess, per day on uh, four days of the week. And then um, now I've been still kind of going back and forth. I, I mean, I love selling on eBay. I'm still doing, of course, merch is like my main one that I'm doing, but I'm trying to just spend more time uh, on the research part and coming up with ideas because it just seems like once after, let's say, 3,000 designs, you might hit like a certain level. You're like, oh, man, like what else kind of haven't I done yet or what else (laughs) is out there? So, you know, that's why I have this full like niche list that I've been building up over time and seeing like, okay, what else haven't I really explored yet? And and now coming up with those ideas and, um, you know, a lot of like research trademark stuff too, making sure you're clear and it, it does take some time. So as the, would you say the time spent has gone down? You said since um, before you got married, you were spending four or five hours and now is it more or less or about the same? Uh, I'll probably say it's, it's been less because I have been adding, I guess a little bit more time, on like my YouTube channel and 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 eBay and kind of going back and forth between things, um, so it has gone down a little bit. But I'd really want to get more time on it because it's just it's a crazy opportunity. But I'm really like trying to build that up even more. <laughs> and uh, do you do you create all of your designs? I create all of my designs. Yes. You create. Okay. Cool. So, um, how much time would you say? Let's say you research something and you have an idea of the design. How long does it take you? to actually make your designs? 
If it is like a basic, let's say like a text only type of design, I could probably, you know, wipe something out in like seven minutes or something. I mean, if it's very, very, very simple um, and just getting used to like the Illustrator uh, shortcuts and uh, on the keyboard and everything and just having that experience does help me out. Um, But if it's something that has to do like a vector graphic and putting in wording and maybe figuring out colors and stuff, it would take me a little bit longer um, to figure that out. But I also learned, I'm kind of like what you said with your example, spending like two hours on a shirt. Um, you know, I was kind of the same way too. Like I kind of want to perfect this shirt, but I'm like, man, but I'm spending a lot of time on this one. I still have more slots open. And then over time I started thinking to myself, kind of like we talked about earlier. I mean, there is no guarantee this is going to sell and I'm spending a lot of time on it. So I figured, well, you know, spend a decent amount of time, you know, at least schedule around, uh, different shirts and stuff to a decent small amount of time. That makes sense on all the shirts, but don't overthink it and go overboard and thinking that I have to perfect this shirt because we just never know. So I kind of treat all the shirts the same now. (laughs) Okay, cool. Yeah. I, 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 it was recommended to me once that, uh, specifically to Amazon merch, to never spend more than 30 minutes on a design and never spend, uh, if you're hiring someone to never spend the money, like if it's an hourly rate or something at more than a 30 minutes per design rate, whatever that is, mm-hmm. uh, just because it seems like it's a numbers game. Yeah. And when, you know, when I say it's a numbers game for the listeners, it's, it's, uh, just be, just, if you throw up a thousand crappy designs, uh, <laughs> they're probably still not going to sell. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you throw up a thousand great designs, you'll get sales. But you know, not all not all thousand of them may sell, even though they might all be great designs. It's it's kind of like what Glenn said earlier. It's really about what the market wants, and yeah. the market will determine what what they want and what they'll yeah. they'll pay money for. So yeah, and even let's say even if you have twenty five open slots and you have twenty five really good designs that are starting to build up and snowball compared to somebody that has a hundred, but yet their designs aren't really that great and maybe they're not really trying on maybe keywords or their title or um they only have a couple of options i guess open as far as picking color wise maybe they only have one or two or maybe they're just pricing it way too high or something i mean there's different factors but if you have a solid 25 i mean you can do better than someone that has 100 if they're just kind of throwing out stuff out there that they really don't know what's going on yeah definitely definitely Mm-hmm. Um, I got, I got a couple more questions and then, okay. uh, then we can go ahead and wrap this up. Um, so if someone is just starting out right now, well, first of all, do you think that there's still opportunity on merch as far as oh, like, yeah. do you think it's oversaturated with the t-shirts that are already out there? People like I you think... coming in with 2000, 3000 designs, <laughs> you know, chewing up the market. What do you think? <laughs> I think there, I think this opportunity has just barely begun. Um, you know, merch is year and a half years old, almost two years old. And like FBA, I think is probably what, at least 10 to 12 years old at this point, maybe. Um, And there's still a lot of people that don't know about FBA or not really even selling on, you know, fulfillment by Amazon yet. And so you can only imagine what merch will be, you know, five, seven, 10 years from now. And, you know, Everybody, no one knows when they will do this, but I know with them calling it merch by Amazon and not t 
t-shirts by Amazon that they are <laughs> they will eventually branch out into more things to where you can see these uh, phone cases and drawstring bags and maybe notebooks and things with your design on it, just like other print-on-demand sites. And having that organic Amazon traffic, the opportunities are just going to be endless at this point. So I think it's just barely, it's barely beginning. It's barely beginning. Yeah, I, I actually agree. And I'm glad to hear you say that. So you think that it's still worth people going in, um, dealing patiently with the two, three-month waiting time waiting period mm-hmm. and trying to get into this oh yeah definitely and, and when people email me you know they tell me like well you know i just got in uh glenn i've actually been in for a couple of weeks already i'm tiered to 10 but i haven't done anything yet um you know what should i do and i'm like you have to get designs up there <laughs> now i mean you're you're ahead of the game I and mean, you're even ahead of all the people that i've been waiting for months so to say that you have an account now i mean you have to take full advantage of it and you're 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 a step ahead of a lot of people that want to be in your shoes and you're not doing anything yet and the thing is is amazon is also uh, known to terminate accounts if they're not using it and i don't know i guess what that day or how long they give you if you're not using it but it they did do that to hundreds of accounts i think late last year so if you don't use it you lose it that's right. I'm glad you brought that up. They did a they did a massive purge. Mm-hmm. They also purged a ton of accounts, like full not listings, but full accounts of people who were trying to be total copycats and mm-hmm. copy someone else's design and also trying to exploit and get creative and you know, like do a little smoke and mirrors game with, with trademarkable things. So <laughs> yeah. just kind of let that be like a little bit of a, a heads up that if you if you think you can come in and, and kind of like steal a, a, a popular slogan and just tweak it a little bit, you know, they will get smart to that and they'll, um, they could potentially just straight up like ban your account. So, yeah, I think that's, that's really what they want. I mean, Amazon, I know at one point had to get, you know, a lot of people to manually check these designs too, because at one point you would, you would submit a design and it wasn't like you had to go through a process to get them approved and reviewed and everything, but they're, I mean, they're going to get better. And over time, and you know, a lot of people are kind of um, still kind of, complaining and sad about the copycats i've had hundreds of designs copycatted from mine um and and that just comes with selling and and those people will get taken down you know copying others others and taking work calling it their own they've already been terminated some do get accepted into the program they will also get terminated down the road um (laughs) things will take time but you know if you're honest you're doing your own thing you're um you know, you're building up your your brands and, and you're doing it the right way, then you shouldn't have any problems. Um, but then again, Amazon is the one in control. But, um, you know, if you're doing the right thing, I don't think you'll you'll come into any of those problems. No, that's right. I agree. Yep. Be creative, be unique, and just be ethical. And uh, mm-hmm. I don't think you'll encounter any of those problems. Yep, you're right. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Cool. All right. So uh, before we wrap this up, uh, you do offer design services, right? Do you want to talk about that for a minute? Um, so I have like a 25, um, also people from the first tier, obviously. Well, now it's 10, a 10 tier, but I have different packages up to like 25 designs um, and I have different pricing. But if you do like a 25 design package, it's $250, so $10 per design. Um, and all the designs are original. 
Um, but you do have to supply me with, you know, your idea. You have to do the research. You're you're going to be the one uploading. I don't um, take control of anybody's accounts or, or do any work for anybody that way. I just design. I'm going to graphic design school. It's what I, I graduated in. And um, I love doing design. So anything I can do also to help other people, I try to even feedback. Like people have emailed me like, hey, what do you think about this? Like, do you think I should enlarge this or change the color to this? And I'm totally open to answering any questions too that anybody has. So um, none of that stuff bothers me. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I've I've um, I've worked with Glenn before. He does great work and um, real nice guy. Um, he was he was totally willing to give me some feedback on like my designs and, and I guess the application and what colors they would work with and, and asked me very specifically if I was going to use them on, on this color or that color. And if so, he was going to go back and make, uh, make just a slight change so that it would make sure mm-hmm. that the logo would like pop out more. So, um, really, really easy guy to work with. Definitely recommend it. And, um, with that, I think that's going to go ahead and wrap it up, Glenn. I really, really appreciate you taking the time to do this. And I would love actually to get you back on the podcast. Maybe, I don't know, I'm thinking like first quarter just to see how well yeah. your, uh, your end of the year went with your, yeah, sounds you know, good. I imagine you'll probably be up around 2,500 designs or something by then. And, <laughs> you know, with all this uh, experience behind you, I just, I imagine that the, you're probably looking at like a ten, eleven thousand dollar month coming up in December. Um, so, um, I'm, I'm, I'm pushing for it. <laughs> I'm just speculating here. I'm not, you know, no pressure or anything, but, uh, no, seriously, thank you again for, uh, for coming on thank you. and, um, and, uh, I will talk to you. So, oh, actually one last thing. Uh, mm-hmm. how can people go ahead and get in touch with you? Um, you can email me That's hustler hacks, the number one at gmail.com and hustler hacks is my uh, YouTube name. So you can search for my channel on YouTube. I do have merch by Amazon videos, just kind of showing my, my sales or upcoming news and updates in the world of merch. And, uh, we have a merch minds, uh, podcast on iTunes. Um, you can search for that merch minds and, um, you know, any of those, you can, you can contact me. I'd be more than happy to help you out. Awesome. And I'll, I'll have all that stuff in the show notes for everybody. And, uh, that's it, Glenn. Thank you so much. One more time. Thank you. I appreciate it. Appreciate it too. Thanks. All right. Take it easy. Well, that's it, guys. That was the interview with Glenn Zubia. And I hope you guys got as much value out of listening to that as I did having the conversation with him. And if anyone's crushing it on Merch by Amazon, it's definitely Glenn. He knows his stuff. And he was telling the truth. If you hit him up on YouTube or you hit him up on by email or check him out on his other channel, Hustler Hacks, uh, he will respond. He will answer questions. He's a really great guy. Uh, he's also a really good graphic designer. So if you're looking for someone to create those initial designs, once you've been accepted to the program, he's an actual, an absolutely uh, fantastic resource for that. And, um, I think it's just a, if you look at what he's been able to do and what some of the other merch artists have been able to do, you know, the up and comers, it's, uh, it's just, it's an opportunity that I think everybody has at their fingertips and it's, it's silly, I guess, uh, to, to pass it up. Unless you have just so much going on, you really literally can't make the time. Uh, it's an awesome opportunity to make potentially thousands of dollars a month. So uh, with that, I'm going to wrap this up. And if you got any value out of this whatsoever, please do pass it on. Share it with somebody else and feel free to leave a review in iTunes. That is the lifeblood of this program. I really appreciate it. And with that, take care and I'll talk to you in the next episode.